You know, I told you guys uh, a secret once that most don't know. Maybe, maybe some get, you know, after, especially if you've been going to church for a while. And uh, it's been months, though, since I mentioned this. This is the secret. I would say, for the most part, that whenever you have someone on a platform, whether it's a pastor, preacher, or worship leader, or someone that leads out, maybe in Bible study or whatever the case may be, if you really want to have a little insight to their heart and into their life, just know that's what they're preaching and that's what they're singing. Just know. That before Heather comes up and before the worship team comes up, it's on their heart. Before I stand before you and and we look at the Word of God together, it's on my heart. And God has to talk to me first. About repentance? Ooh. Let's look at we've been we've been doing a series. There we go. And the scripture that the series has been around is this Romans twelve one. It says this I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I would say this is always the number one question, and it has to do either with what is God's will for my life or what is God's purpose for my life or how do I know how to be saved. I mean, it kind of all revolves uh, kind of around this the same thing. But this question is always asked to me. How do I know what God's will is? And 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 really, we looked at Romans 12, 1, so I'm not going to dig in this morning on that. But I do want us to review just the last couple of Sundays very quickly. But last, two Sundays ago, we talked about counting the cost. And that was part one, is where Jesus spoke and he said, you know, if you're going to follow me, you need to count the cost. You need to know that it's going to cost you something. And you need to know that you're going to need to put me first, to put God first. Because if you don't count the cost and you try to follow me, basically what he was saying is, is it won't work. It's all or nothing. And I, I know we don't really like to hear that. I don't like to hear that. All or nothing? What are you saying? He, Jesus just says he turns. Remember you, you that were here. He's walking along and the Bible says, and he stopped and he turned and he taught them. He said, I just want you to know, you that are following me, just want you to know there's a cost. Put my father first or you never will follow me. You never will make it. And then part two, which was last week, we talked about transformation by the renewing of our mind. And we talked about the conformity to the world stops us from growing in a relationship with God. And and it really does. You know, I, I know we're born into this world and I know we all have lives. And I mean, I do, you do. And but but we all have a tendency, the Bible says, to conform to those things that are around us, the things that we see, the things that we hear. I mean, you know this to be true. 
Um, if you don't know it to be true or if you forgot what that's like, just hang out with some youth for a little while. They'll very quickly uh, help you to understand what it means to conform to the things of the world. And I'm not even saying that's, that's uh, in a sense all bad. I'm just saying they'll mimic the world very much so. And you can get an idea what our current culture is like. Just hang out with some youth for a while. And most, youth, most youth. So as we move forward, I want to talk about about today, which is becoming a disciple and the transformation of the heart. So count the cost, a transformation of the mind, and now a transformation of our heart. What does the Bible say about our heart? And how does that apply to what God has us to know about him, his ways? And and I'm going to kind of, not kind of, I'm going to talk specifically this morning about true and false conversions. And I put a little uh, definition there. There is, there is only one difference between someone who is saved and someone who is not, and that's repentance. There's, there's only really one difference between the two. And then underneath that I put repentance means to sincerely regret or have remorse over something that you've done wrong. And, and, and when we look at repentance, uh, quite frankly, I don't know that it's really a, a word used a lot today. Um, some of you that are a little older, maybe you've been in church for a while, you're familiar with the word, repent. And when I said it halftime here, when I said it's not about turn or burn, some of you will relate to that. Some of you went, what in the world is he talking about, turn or burn? Are we having marshmallows after the service or what's going on? You know? I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know, we're on this journey together and we're all created in the image of God. And the Bible does say there's a narrow path that leads to him and there's a broad path that leads to destruction. And yes, the Bible does talk about a hell, a literal hell, and it talks about heaven. Nothing wrong about speaking of those things whatsoever. But the bottom line is, is today we're going to talk about repentance. And I think most of us, even in this room are going to leave with a little bit of a different thought of what it means to repent, and especially as it has to do with true and false conversions. For I meet many people that think they're saved, but they're not. Now, don't tune me out. Don't tune me out. And I mean in reference to what the Word says about salvation. Now, why is this important? Well, this is why we're going to dig in, and this is what we're going to find out. So we're going to journey in this together. Here we go. Romans. Turn to Romans 10 with me. And we're going to read this together. We're going to break this down. Romans 10. We're going to start with verse 1. I'm going to read it all the way through, and then I'm going to come back and circle around and and break it down a little bit for us. And here we go. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about righteousness, which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? 
The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jews and Greeks. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who calls upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's look at this. I'm going to break this down a little bit. And here we go. It says, brethren, my heart's desire. Back at verse 1. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. So the Bible does say there is such a thing as salvation. And there is a way to salvation. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here we have Paul, and he's, he's, he's speaking to people like us. He's speaking to people that believe and ones that don't believe, and some that think that they do believe and some that don't know. But mostly, he's clarifying and he's saying, salvation, I pray, is for you to this day. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And and this this fits throughout all the generations because we have a people, not all people, but we have most people that will acknowledge there's a God. Who here believe? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm always asking you to interact. But who here believes there's a God? Most hands would go up. Who believe? Who here believes that God is real and that He loves us? Most hands go up. But the thing is, he's saying that they have a zealousness for God, that they say they believe and they do the things of God, and they'll even say that they, they believe in God and who he is. They have this zealousness to go to church, um, to go to a, a food kitchen and feed the poor. And not that that's bad, of course, but hear me out. So there's, there's this zealousness, but it's not according to knowledge. Meaning they do these things and they really don't understand why they're doing them. They're created in the image of God. So they have this, this God conscience within them that's desperately seeking to connect back with a God. And we all, I'm telling you, 99% as far as I'm concerned. I don't even know if there's a 1% that doesn't. Everyone knows there's a God. No one can say they don't. And we have this desire to connect back into him. So do I know the things of God? Yes, I do. And then things come into my life and they, 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 I struggle. And next thing, no, I'm pulled. I'm going, you know what? This, this life that right now, my time of life right now, it's terrible. And I, you know what? I'm being drawn to the things of God. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to help someone. And we have a tendency to maybe even go to confession and, and, and tell people we're sorry for things that we've done and, the next thing you know, it's not according to knowledge. We don't know the real God and his real righteousness because we have a tendency to just, oh, okay, and go back to what we've always done. And to do the things that we know take us away from God. I mean, it's just a real tendency. And so what he's saying here, Paul's saying, I, you know what, my prayer is that they would be saved. And, and I see that they have this zealousness for, for God. And think about it. Who, who knows the Apostle Paul from the Bible? Maybe not everyone, but raise your hand if you know his story where he's, he's, he is going, he's doing everything he can to take Christians out. I mean, he doesn't want Christianity. I mean, you might go, what? That's the Apostle Paul. He's in the Bible. Are you kidding me? He wrote a lot of the Bible. No. Before he was converted, before he came to a place of understanding God's righteousness, no, he tried to take every believer out he could. And he did. He led the charge. 
talking about zealous, he was so zealous he would go out. And the, the Bible, long story short, is the Bible says that there's one day that, that Paul was on his high white horse. Anyone ever ride a high white horse? Get knocked off that thing? I know I have. I mean, life is good. Things are good. You're, I mean, you're at it, man. You have a purpose, you have a cause, and you're going. Next thing you know, a bright light shines, the Bible says. And next thing you know, Paul's down on the ground, and he hears this voice, which at the time was Saul. He goes, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he has this experience. And he's kind of like looking up, but he can't see. The light blinded him. Next thing you know, he says, well, who are you? He says, well, I'm Jesus, the one that, that you're persecuting. And so here, Saul at the time loved God, did the things God was very zealous. Had to come to a place in his life where he was knocked off his white horse and that he was at a place where he, was, he, he could hear the truth of who God really is and who his son is. And so that is the Saul that, that God renamed Paul. And I hope I ain't messing some of you up if you don't know the, the, the biblical story here. But that Saul that got knocked off his horse that had that conversion that repented and believed is now Paul that's writing this scripture. So he knows what it means to be zealous. He knows what it means to say he knows God, but he doesn't really know God at all. He says this in verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. You ever you ever want to do the right thing? No. Have you ever really known you'd done the right thing, but it wasn't? You ever have that experience? I know you have. Oh, I'm getting some looks like, what do you mean? I mean, like you you just, with all your heart, you, you believe you're doing something good and you're doing something right. And the next thing you know, it's not. I mean, and it could be something really simple. I mean, I don't know why this just came to mind, but it did. It'd be like, you ever try to help someone that has a bunch of uh, uh, groceries or something like that? And, and, you know, they're trying to get in their car and, you, oh, you're scrambling. Oh, let me help you. Let me help you. And next thing you know, they're hitting you with something because you're, what do you, get away from me, you know? Your, your intentions were good. You wanted to do what's right, you know? Or have you ever, uh, maybe if you are, are married, uh, you probably experienced something where you might say, well, you know, hey, babe, you know, that can work either way. But hey, babe, you know, uh, you know, this is what I think you want. And the next thing you know, it's the last thing they wanted. Even though, even though your intentions were good and right, it doesn't mean that they are. Now, why do I say that? I go full circle back to the scripture. Paul is saying, look, your intentions might be right. But you don't understand. You're, you're, you're saying that you know a God you don't know at all. And you're doing the things of God and you're trying to, to do right and to do good. But you don't understand. He says, if you continue to do the things that you think that are of God, the way God is to you, and in a sense, the God that you've made up in your mind. He says, when you do those good things, you will live by them. You will, you will come to a place where you recognize that the things that you've done haven't been for God at all, but for you. And you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing's wrong with that, but it, but it doesn't get you to heaven. It doesn't help you to realize who God really is in your life. 
The word will go on to explain uh, more, I believe, as we go. So it continues in verse 6. It says this, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart you will ascend to heaven. Do not say that you're going to go to heaven just because. Do not say that your parents were Christians, and so now I'm a Christian. Do not say because I go to church that, that I'll go to heaven. Do not say that, sure, I know there's God and I believe in him. So, I, you know, Pastor Tony, you're asking me if I'm saved? Of course I am. Of course I'm saved. Of course I'm going to heaven. He goes on and he says in verse 7, Or who will descend into the abyss, that is Christ come from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So here's the introduction of the word of God. It's by the word of God that we can know and do anything. It's by his word. It's by his word. We can know nothing of God outside of his word. The spirit of God, the Bible tells us, gives us, gives us the revelation of the word of God. Now, I can see, I believe, if I'm discerning correctly, some of you are going, Pastor Tony, will you get to the point? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say the difference between true conversion, salvation, and a false conversion is repentance, and it's by the word of God. Now, I want to be really careful here, but for example, do you know of anyone that sat down with someone with a track, which I like tracks, so don't, don't misunderstand, but this, you know, who knows what a track is? Most? Okay, it, 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 it's a, a track is a, a little simple uh, a pamphlet, if you will, that talks about salvation, and it might, it'll give scripture like, um, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and you can actually read through scripturally, you know, with someone, uh, what the Bible says about being saved. But you can, you can get to the end of the track, and most tracks say this, and if this is what you believe, pray this prayer and you'll be saved. It, it don't work that way. You know, you know, a lot of us, that's, that, that, that's what happens. I mean, we, we've grown up in, in going to church, or again, uh, maybe having parents that went to church, or we know people that went to church, or we just have good intentions. And the next thing you know, we, we, we somehow relate that to being saved. And, and just, because, just because we think we're saved, we're not. Now, I know, I, I know I can see some of you are edging to the edge of your seat and you're getting ready. Okay, so what are you saying? Well, maybe you're not, but in my mind you are. He keeps going, verse 11. Nope, oh, let me go up to verse... Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now what two things are happening there? With the heart one believes unto righteousness. Whose righteousness? God's. Not ours, not our own, not our own thoughts, not our own conception of who God is. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. So the bottom line is, it's by the word of God. The spirit of God takes his word and speaks it into our heart when we hear it, when we read it. And only by the spirit of God can he reveal the reality of the word of God. I'm, I'm still going someplace with this. And that's how true salvation comes. That's how true conversion comes. 
and it comes by no other way. And there's, there's something that happens that the Bible is very clear on, that moment of time that happens between understanding who God is or knowing God, because everyone knows God through his creation, everyone, for the world or people are without excuse, for God has revealed to us his very attributes through his creation. Genesis talks about that. Romans talks about that. And there's that moment of time, though, where I believe that God reveals himself because he reveals himself through his son. And that seems like crazy stuff. I remember when I, mean, I got saved when I was 32. I didn't grow up in church. And someone starts talking about, you know, Jesus, God's son. He dies for my sins. What in the world? It sounded crazy. But when I heard the scripture that spoke of that in my heart, I just knew it was true. And there was a moment I had a glimpse of what Jesus did for me on that cross that day. I mean, I'm being for real. But I, but I, I couldn't just go, God, yeah, I mean, I believe you're real. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, your Bible, the Bible tells me about Jesus and pe- other people told me about Jesus. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. That didn't bring about salvation for me at all. There's one thing that can bring about that salvation, and it's repentance. Repentance. So let's look at what the Word says about repentance. First of all, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. Faith can only come by the hearing of the Word of God. We can only come to recognize who Christ is as our Savior by the Word of God. I mean, I know I'm hitting this, and I'm going back and back and back, but I'm telling you, it's not by osmosis. It's not by a man-made God. It's not because someone even told us. It's because the Word of God says it, and the Spirit of God reveals to our hearts that it's true. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, period. There is no other way. So I wrote this summary to transition us into looking at some other scripture. The Spirit of God through the Word of God convicts by revealing the love of God to our hearts, to our soul. This truth comes into direct conflict with our sin nature, and a decision must be made to trust God and do as he says, or to refuse his truth and continue to live in our sin. Okay. Who here would say that you recognize you're a sinner? That you do things that are not right, are not pleasing to God. Okay, you go, ah, what are you doing having us raise our hands? Well, you know, because, it, I mean, I get it. You know, you didn't have to raise your hand. Because I know in your heart you did. Because we all know we fall short of God's glory. I didn't, I never went to church in my life. And the first time I heard that scripture, Pastor Don says, Tony, you know what? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I'm telling you that the Spirit of God took that word that I, that I think I've never heard in my life. I didn't go to church. I didn't read the Bible. I don't think anyone ever told me that word before. But for all of sin and fall short of the, of the glory of God. Tony, is that you? And I went, I just knew it was. I knew it was true. I knew that was me. But here's the deal. When the Spirit of God starts revealing the word of God to our hearts, guess what our flesh does? No! No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're messing with my God here. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. So when the word of God starts telling us things that we don't want to hear or we don't want to do, we're not, we're not, we're just not ready for that yet. What do we do? This conflict starts stirring up in our heart. And we start to go, no, 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 no. And so I, I love it. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I'm not judging your hearts, but, but there's times when I say, well, you, guess what, people? If, if, if the Word of God said something to you, you open up the Bible. Who believes in that the Bible's the Word of God? Most hands go up, you know. And okay, you really believe the, that the Bible's the Word of God. And so I can only assume if this is God speaking to you, to me, if He is saying, thou shall not steal, do you believe it? Then why do you steal? No, I'm not pointing the finger at everyone, but come on, who's stolen something in the last year? Something. I know I have. I don't even know what it was, but I know that I have. I took someone's pen I shouldn't have taken or whatever. I grabbed, I know, see, I, I, I've got five pens just went up in the air. I'm going. And I'm not saying we don't believe that, that the Bible is the word of God. I'm not saying that. But I am saying when the rubber hits the road, if that's not too old of a saying for most of us, when it comes right down to it, we say we believe in the word of God, but yet when the word of God speaks to our heart and reveals to us our truth, then why, oh why, oh why, do we go, no. It's too much. I can't handle it. I'm not ready. I'm only human. Why? Because we have this sin nature in us that the Word of God, once it's revealed to us, starts fighting back. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I do care. It doesn't matter how much we think the Word of God is telling us truth or not. If we are saved and we are a believer and this word is speaking to us, at this point, we have a decision to make. If we're not a believer and the word of God is speaking, just like it, the word of God did to me that day I was saved, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, my sin. from The wages of my sin is death, a separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus. See, we say we believe in the word of God, and I'm not saying we're liars. But I am saying, I don't know, do we? Do we? I mean, and the gift of God is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what's the difference? I mean, hear me out. If you're in this room and you know you've repented of your sin and you put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, hear me out. I'm not trying to get us to, to doubt our salvation. Hear me out. But why do we struggle so much if we really believe in God and we really know, watch this, we really know that His, the Bible is his word. Watch this. And the Spirit of God reveals to us the truth of God. Watch this. And we go, no. Come on, am I, has that happened to you as a believer? Come on. Why? And then when that still small voice as someone that has not put their trust in Christ whispers, there's something better. There's something more. I don't know the lady that Pastor Rowley met. Of course I don't. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't judge anyone's salvation. That's, that's between God and them. But hear me out. Our world is hungrier more than I've ever seen for the reality of God. I mean that. That experience Pastor Rowley had is almost every day with me. And as a believer, you, you just test the Spirit. The Bible says in all things, test the Spirit. You test it. 
I'm telling you, 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 you go on some line and you just mentioned, you, you'll hear things all the time. Someone struggling, someone hurting. Just say something simple like, you know what? I just, I heard you talk about Jim. I, I'll pray for Jim. And the next thing you know, you're praying with that person in that line. I'm, I'm telling you. God is stirring. He's moving. He is all around us. So here we go. The desire to repent happens when the Spirit of God applies the Word of God in our hearts. At that point, a battle begins between our flesh nature and God's truth. We know God's Word is speaking things that we don't want to give up, things that we want to hold on to. So true or false conversions. Listen to these scriptures. Just listen to these scriptures. Matthew 4.17 From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Now this is Jesus. This is before going to the cross. What's he doing? He says this. From that time Jesus began to preach. And to say repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Why is he saying repent? Luke 5.31 says. Jesus answered and said to them. Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick. I have not called, come to call the righteous. But call sinners to repentance. What Jesus is saying is. You know what? If, if you don't have an open heart and an open mind. To understand. To receive what the spirit of God is revealing in the, in the word of God. Then you know what? It won't matter. That's what he's saying. He says. I have not come to call the righteous. But sinners to repentance. What's he saying? Jesus came to call those who had a tender heart. That would say, yes, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. And he says that he's calling them to repentance. Luke 5.31 said, Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So what are we? I, I don't know. Almost seems like I'm standing up here preaching some words of condemnation, but I'm not. I don't stand and condemn anyone. Jesus even said that. Anyone know John 3.16? For God so loved the world. Say that for me. For God so loved the world, he gave that whoever shall but have. A lot of us know that. That's awesome. Who knows John 3.17? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Because we already stand condemned. We don't need God to do that. We do a good job all by ourselves. Ah, almost sounds funny, but we do. That's not funny. Acts 3.17 says this. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. As did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets. That the Christ would come and suffer. He has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted. There is no conversion without repentance. There is no conversion without repentance. We need to hear that truth. Acts 17.30 says, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge. And there is a day a righteous God will judge us, you and me. I, 
I know we don't like to hear this. And I know my, you know, in my, my flesh nature, I just want to believe that God loves everyone and it's all good. And no matter what I do, he'll, he'll one day forgive me. I mean, what would happen if we brought up our children that way? I mean, just something that's close to home. You know, if we just went, you know what? Well, I know you're my kid, but I don't care, you know, because eventually you're going to come around and be a good, good boy or girl. I'm just going to let you do what you want to do. And I'm going to give you no boundaries, no discipline. It's okay. It's all good. Go. No, it can't work that way. God's a righteous God, and there will be a day of judgment. There will be. Whether we want to believe that or not, it will come, and we'll stand before a holy God, and we'll have to say, God, this is what I've done. But she already knows every bit of it. Acts 2, 38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. James 1.21 says, therefore lay aside all filthiness. And that lay aside, you could put therefore repent. But therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God. And it's by that word of God. It's by that word of God. So, so, so listen, what, what's going on here? Are you someone that is sitting here or you're here this morning like me. This is this is my time leading up to this time. And I had to look into a mirror. I had to look at myself before getting up and, and preaching God's word and say, I know I'm a believer. I know I have repented of my sin and I have put my trust in Jesus as my Savior. I know, I know. then why sometimes do I not feel like it? Why sometimes do I struggle with doing what God tells me to do or what I know is true to do? Why, why the struggle? You guys, you guys share stuff with me all the time. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Why, why, why? And I have only one thing to say. As a believer, if you're struggling, hear me out. Not that there's not struggles in the world, not that there's not issues and problems in the world, but hear me out. As a believer, if you're struggling, but you're not getting an answer, there's only one solution, repent. Repent means from the, from the Bible, it means to stop doing evil and stop putting things before God and to turn. It means to stop doing things evil and doing things that you're putting before God and start doing what the Word of God is telling you to do. There is no other answer. I mean, oh, again, we want so many answers. We want, to, we want to just, well, but you know, even in my own life, if I am struggling with something and I am not getting an answer, it's because of the lack of me being in the Word of God. Now, you might say, some might say, but I'm in the Word of God. And I still don't get an answer. Then I'm not going to call you a liar. But what I will say is this. You're deceived. You need to repent. God promises he'll always give us an answer. And at the very least, if we don't have an answer, maybe it's not God's timing. That's legitimate. He'll give us his peace. So do you not have an answer? Okay. Do you have his peace? No. You're not in his word. You're not doing what his word says. I know that sounds so, so simple. But it's true. He says, repent. Repent. I mean, if we need to repent unto salvation, if repentance must come where, now watch, just in case we missed it, repentance 
in the context of what we're speaking about this morning, means this, that the Spirit of God has revealed the Word of God to us, to our hearts, to our, to our soul. And at that point in time, we then can repent. We can then know that we fall short of God's glory, that we're separated from Him. Unto salvation. Repentance is required unto salvation. You can't just say, oh, God is good and God is love and here I am, I'm saved. But a true repentance will take place in our heart. And as we continue to work out our salvation, the Bible says, in fear and trembling, repentance continues because we're at war with our flesh. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Matthew 3.8, therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. The Bible talks about repentance. And here's one thing. I, don't, we, I could spend the next two hours reading scripture, talking, praying, trying to convince you. But only God can do that. Only God can use his word by his spirit and reveal to our hearts the truth that we must repent. We must turn from doing those things that we're doing and draw near to him. That's why we don't have the answers that we seek. That's why we don't have the healing, and, and this is not a, a prosperity gospel. I, it, it's just the Word of God and the Spirit of God and His promises that if He doesn't bring about these things in the timing that we believe He should or, or the timing that's happening now, He brings always His peace. John eight thirty one said, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I know this morning, can I, be, can I just be frank? I, I know that for some in the room, you don't have a clue what I just said. And that's not, that's not, that's not um, degrading anyone, because I, I know, I get it, I've been there. But you're trying to start out, Pastor Tony, you know what? You just spoke like 30-something minutes, and you seem passionate about something, but I can't put my finger on it. And I understand. That's why only the Spirit of God and the Word of God can reveal to you your need to repent, to turn from doing things your way and, and, and leave your God that you made to fit your life to the reality of the real God, as Paul said. That's true righteousness and holy. So what will it be? I don't know. Only God really knows. Only our hearts really know. But the Bible's clear. The word's clear. So we must repent. As hard as it is. As hard as it seems. It's the only way to really draw close to God. It's, we, either, we either decide to live our life our way or God's way I, I'm I'm in the same boat you are. And believe me, because I'm a pastor, it doesn't make it any easier. I want to be careful here, but maybe it makes it harder. You know, I I don't know. I mean, would it be true that the more truth you know, the more (laughs) 
I don't know. The more I'm accountable to, I, I, I don't know. But I know regardless, no matter how much truth we know, we're all accountable to God. We all will stand before God one day. Father, I thank you for this morning. And Lord, uh, I pray and acclaim in your name, in Jesus' name. Knowing that it's by your spirit and by your word that conviction comes and repentance comes. Lord, I pray that your word will prevail because I know it does. and That repentance will come. A time of repentance for this morning I know well. Maybe said of your people. And Father, for those that are here that, Lord, I mean, they've kind of made their own God. You know their hearts. They know whether they've come to that place in their heart where they repented or if they their salvation is based on on just themselves and a God they made up. May salvation come to your house tonight, this morning. May repentance be within our hearts, placed there by you. May we be a church that rises up and prays and testifies, and we're a witness to our friends, our family. Ah, Lord, it almost sounds like it's a program, and it's not. It's your reality. For if you are in us, and we truly repent before you and receive your word, we will rise up. We will rise up. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Is that you? Do you know that you fall short of God's glory? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Is that you this morning? If it is right now, only God can reveal that truth to you. He's calling you. Repent. Repent from what he's put within your heart. Be sorrowful for your sin that separates you from him. That his word reveals to you that is true. His truth tells you you're falling short of his glory, but he wants so desperately to be reconciled to you. Amen? We're going to receive our...